Well, hello and welcome to a very special episode of Phoenix Talk Radio, the voice of the rise. My name is Andrew Burkham and once again I am your host and today I am live on location here at the beautiful Center Stage Conservatory Lower Level Studio. It is a great space and they've got some great things going on today and I am lucky to be here today not just with one amazing guest, but I have three guests that are working on their current project. And my first one is sitting right across from me. Hi, Tracy. How are you? Hi, Andrew. I'm doing great. Thank you. <laughs> awesome. It is so, I'm so excited to finally get you on this podcast. You know, we talk about all of the great stuff that's going on in the Central Valley. And you have been a huge part of that for so many years. I can't, uh, I can't even remember how many. So, um, it is, it is great to have you on today. I wonder if we could get started by maybe just having you introduce yourself and then just give us a little bit of detail about yourself. Tell us, uh, tell us who you are, what you're about. And for those out there, cause we do have listeners that are beyond kind of our immediate area. For those who are not uh, familiar with, with, you know, the, the project here in Modesto, um, just give us a little detail about the Center Stage Conservatory as well. Sure, sure. Uh, so my name's Tracy. <laughs> <laughs> That's the easy one. <laughs> Which we've already covered. And I'm the artistic director of Center Stage Conservatory's lower level studio. Uh, I've been doing this since 2010. And then in 2012, uh, we secured this location, which is the basement of this city center building. Mm-hmm. It's used to be a courtroom. We even still have like the bailiff sign on the door. <laughs> it's it's, so cool. <laughs> uh, it's really cool. And so it's a found space. Yep. And uh, so we've been putting on shows here for uh, since 2012. A big part of our initial growth was our youth program, mm-hmm. uh, which was geared towards young people that were like middle school yep. through high school. And then we expanded it through college mm-hmm. because we found that college students were really hungry oh, yeah. to do more theater than what they were getting just in the schools, just because the amount of opportunity mm-hmm. that's available um, at the college level wasn't enough yep. for the talent that we have here. And so we expanded it to include college kids. And it was, it was class theater and over time I realized that our uh, our younger participants were starting to really want to play roles that they would get cast in professionally right you know with Shakespeare you're often like there's always roles that you could get cast in professionally sure but as a young person when you're doing Tempest there's going to be a young person playing Prospero which you're not going to do for another 50 years (laughs) likely and that they wanted to tell stories that were more linked to what was happening to them currently Mm -hmm. and so I started shifting that program into doing plays that were about teens I you could say they're for teens but like they always deal with like language that like maybe us folks that aren't you know young adults anymore might go oh that's not for teens but yet they still say those things and talk about those things on their playground oh yes absolutely so we started shifting to things like Dog Sees God mm-hmm. and The Wolves and now into Dryland, yeah. uh, which are about teenagers struggling through real life issues that are happening to them. And so that's how our youth program sh- shifted into something not so much youth-based, mm-hmm. but still the storylines were for young people. Yeah. And uh, just here at Center Stage, we've done a variety of different types of projects and shows. And over the last several years, 
as a whole, I've been gearing more to younger people and providing more opportunities for our, our young community. Yeah. Because the more opportunities we provide for young community, it really helps grow theater into the future so that we're still doing this for years to come and have talent for years to come to continue, continue so. Yeah. So a lot of, uh, a lot of the themes that we usually try to take on are themes associated with women, mm-hmm. themes associated with the queer community, mm-hmm. you know, and just giving voices where, you know, voices have been neglected in yeah. the past. So that's kind of like a little bit of a nutshell here. <laughs> so, uh, Dryland, yeah. our current project. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. Let's, we opened today. Oh my gosh. Yeah. yeah. That's right. <laughs> so uh, let's see. When this goes out, uh, the show will I'll probably already have been open for a weekend, but it is playing. What's the, what's the period that it's playing through? It's playing through the 17th. Okay. Perfect. And we have a show Friday and Saturday at 8 PM mm-hmm. and we're trying something totally different oh. and doing a 6 PM show on Sundays. Oh, wow. Yeah. Oh, that's cool. That's, <laughs> I know, right? That, yeah. No, that's actually really great because I know a lot of times you'll see, you'll see that Sunday matinee and it's kind of in the middle of the day, but a show that's a little bit later lets you potentially even catch two great theatrical performances in one day. So I love that. <laughs> yeah. We're, yeah. We were, uh, Juniper, who's also in the show and my daughter, uh-huh. uh, we were talking about how like each Sunday, let's, let's see a show and mm-hmm. then go do a show. Yeah. And it'll be like, Theater Sunday. So cool. So we're going to see the flick at Prospect Yay. for their closing, and then we'll come uh, do do this. I don't That's know what awesome. we're going to do next week, but hey, we'll figure that out. <laughs> but yeah, yeah, we've, we've I, I don't know, like actors always hate matinees, it seems. Yeah, yeah. They're like, oh, I hate the matinees. Yep. <laughs> and so I was like, well, let's change it. Oh. You know, so we decided to try it with this show. It's kind of a little different show, maybe not geared to the, t- the yeah. typical 2 p.m. audience. Yeah, definitely. And so we thought it was a good test for uh, trying the 6 p.m. I love it. So, but Dryland, it's, we actually are doing two plays. Okay. My Body and Love Story is a device piece, mm-hmm. and it'll be the opening act, and then Dryland will be our second act. Great. Because it's, it's a, basically a full-length one-act play. Mm-hmm. And My Body is a cast of eight women. Okay. And who basically created this 15-minute play from scratch. So cool. Yeah, it's really it. cool. <laughs> and we would sit right where we're sitting, like in a circle on the ground, sometimes with a table. And the first day, we like just put a sheet up and did burning issues. Huh. And really, the only real rule I gave was the title of this is My Body, A Love Story. Right. And so that that was it. And then even then, I still said, uh, we could change the title if we find <laughs> that we're going in a different direction. Awesome. But I was, I, I've, in this like era of body positive yeah. uh, movement, mm-hmm. I feel that that body positive movement, as awesome as it is, has, has a lot of like negative whiplash sure. that is kind of like just a byproduct of something like that. Yeah. And so that was, my idea of doing a piece that deals with just women's relationships with their bodies. Yeah. But I didn't know, you know, once you get like eight, eight women talking, mm-hmm. uh, you, you never know what's going to happen. <laughs> it was, it turned into like a couple of weeks of just venting. Of course. Yeah. <laughs> As, well, it should. <laughs> <laughs> and then stuff started to get written and shared and people started to um, expose parts of themselves that they've never felt safe enough to expose and share and create pieces. And it was like one of the most supportive communities I've ever experienced. It was, it was 
like I would leave from rehearsals and go like I've experienced something I've never experienced. Wow. Which was strange for me because you know I've been living in bubbles for a long time right. and you know how bubbles are. <laughs> yeah. Things happen and so that was really it was really a positive thing for me to realize that just creating this space where people can start talking about stuff that they don't like talking about uh-huh. actually is very freeing. Yeah. And uh, they've created this really cool play. Yeah. It's a combination of some spoken word, more poetic pieces, yeah. some monologue pieces. Uh, there's a couple dialogues, but it's it's mostly centered on, you know, one person at a time. Right. Yeah, it's really, I, I'm really proud of the work they've done, and I, I think oh. they know they've accomplished something pretty special. It sounds absolutely incredible. And one of the things, one of the other things, and uh, Rob, who kind of co-hosts this show with me, and I are always talking about seeking out new work, you know, new work that's being performed in the area, and trying to find things that are actually being being created by people who are in our world here in the, the Central Valley specifically, but also just in, in our communities. And so to have something like this that's happening that's that just it's just this amazing organic just outpouring of people's real life experiences. I mean, for me, there's nothing more exciting than that. That's amazing. Yeah, it's really cool. It's really cool. You know, and so many people, the first day, they're like, I'm not a writer. You know? <laughs> right. <laughs> it's like, you're going to be. <laughs> right. Yeah, you just don't know it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you just don't realize you have a story that's worth writing. Exactly. You know, but everyone does, which is, you know, what was really apparent to me over the process of that. Amazing. So, yeah, it's really cool. And then we're doing Dry Land. Oh, uh, yeah. Uh, which is a fairly new play written by Ruby Ray Spiegel. Mm-hmm. Uh, she's like maybe 25, 26 now. Oh, wow. Uh, yeah, so she's really, yeah, she's <laughs> one of our amazing young. young women playwrights. Wow, yeah, that's and, great. And um, she basically wrote this play, Dry Land, that takes place primarily in a high school girl's locker room. Okay. Generally, like, after school hours for the most part. Mm-hmm. And uh, it centers on uh, the relationship of Amy and Esther, who are in midst of a crisis mm-hmm. where Amy has this uh, unwanted pregnancy that yeah. she needs to terminate. Mm-hmm. And uh, it, it was inspired by, uh, I think it was an article in the New Republic about uh do-it-yourself abortions, and uh, that the playwright just happened to be reading. She wasn't generally a playwright. She was going to school at Yale at the time. Oh, wow. And by the time she finished reading the article, it just interests her so much, like what different women were having to do in order to terminate pregnancies Hmm. um, in our country. And But by the time she got to the end of the article, she already had the first scene in her head written, (laughs) and then it just like came out of that. So yeah, this play deals with abortion, which is, right. you know, a hot topic issue of for course. sure. But like what I say over and over again, that this isn't a play about abortion. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. an abortion's going to happen right. over the course of the play. Mm-hmm. But this is a love story. Mm-hmm. This is a story of friendship. And it's a story of friend, how friendships develop through crisis. Mm-hmm. And so it's, it's about love at the heart of it. You know, it's funny. It's we we do plays about a lot of different topical stuff, but at the end of the day, it is the relationships that we that the plays are really about, and it's really easy to lose that. So it's uh, it's it's cool to hear you say that because I think a lot of people would come and see something like this, and they would see subject matter, and right. they would not they would not walk away with the action with an actual understanding of, of 
of what was intended. And right. uh, so it's, it's cool that you've approached it that way. What have you, what have you kind of done to bring that front and center? I wonder as just as a, as a director of the piece, like where, where's your focus been or how have you focused things down to make sure your audience walks away with the message that you want them to walk away with? Uh, well, I would say like it, it, we really focused on uh, really connecting the actors. Mm-hmm. I say we because they were a part of that process. <laughs> yeah, no, I understand. Um, <laughs> like we did a lot of work where they had to like look into each other's eyes. Right. Every bit of text they have done looking into each other's eyes mm. and allowing it to impact themselves before they speak. <sighs> Just to really garner that tight relationship so that once they weren't looking into each other's eyes. They still had that really close tightness in relationship. A lot of, I know I'm looking over no, it's towards, <laughs> towards my actors because we have uh, the actors here that are playing Amy and Esther. Yep. And, you know, just <laughs> because I'm like, what else did we do? Hmm. We spent a lot of time talking. Yeah. Um, rather than just getting it staged. Mm-hmm, like, mm-hmm. uh, the staging of it was so minimal compared to the development of the relationships and uh, just creating the reality. I mean, we, we really focused on the truth. Yeah. And that was really important to, to me as mm-hmm. the director was that it's honest, that we approach even the abortion mm-hmm. um, with honesty right. and taking the time to like, let it be what it would be. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like, and I, you know, I constantly was saying, this is a love story. This is a love story. You know, this is just happening. Right. You know, so like, I mean, I was like a hammer about the, you know, (laughs) this is the relate. Yeah. (laughs) Francis is. Yes, yes, that is correct. (laughs) Yeah. Like, I I don't know how many times I must have said that, Uh but, you know, it was really important to me that that's what came across was the friendship of these, of these girls that didn't like you know, start based on friendship, but based on a necessity and need from, from the other person and how like even that need grows into something else because it bonds you. And so I, so much of our focus was based on that bonding that develops from crisis See, there I go well, with no, the running. No, that's awesome. <laughs> well, and so something that I'm going to do in just a little bit, uh, I'm going to, I'm going to meet a couple, uh, meet the actors, uh, right now. Uh, but after that, I'm going to, I'm going to actually set the three of you down and, and I'd like the three of you to maybe have a little bit of a conversation without me getting in the way. Uh, just, <laughs> just talking a little bit about, uh, kind of what the process has been like, maybe some, some memorable things and just your general overall feelings about it. And so you don't have to worry. That's awesome. I'm, I'm going to, I'm just going to let you guys go and I'm going to sit back and be the audience for that portion of it, uh, which will be great. But uh, Tracy, thank you so much for joining me on this segment thank of the you. show. It's been awesome having you. Uh, we are going to take a little bit of a break and then I will We'll be back with our next guest, so please enjoy this break. Hey there, it's Andrew back in the studio, and in between segments here this week, I'm just going to plug a few different things that are going on out and around the valley. The first one is one that's very near and dear to my heart. From the Phoenix Creative Collective, it's the sound of waves crashing on an island of broken glass by Sean Overton. The description reads... Our month of original work continues with Sean Overton's premiere, The Sound of Waves Crashing on an Island of Broken Glass. After eight years without leaving the house, a teenager's life is disrupted by the arrival of her grandfather in chains, who starts her on a path of trying to understand her family. 
as she learns their dark secrets and why they have been hiding for more than half her life, she must decide whether to remain part of the family or leave them behind forever. As she becomes increasingly unhappy about her isolation, it becomes clear that leaving isn't just a matter of being a part of the world, it's a matter of life or death. This is going up at the Merced Multicultural Arts Center, the MAC. It goes up March 14th, this Thursday, and it runs through the 17th with shows at 7.30 p.m., 14th through the 16th, and a 2 p.m. matinee on Sunday the 17th. If you're interested in tickets, you can get those at phoenixtherise.com. Again, that's The Sound of Waves Crashing on an Island of Broken Glass, a new play by Sean Overton. And now back to the show. All right. Well, we are back after that little break, and I am here uh, once again with another uh, one. Of, well, another one of the the crew from this show. Uh, one of one of the actors. Please introduce yourself for the audience. Well, hello, everyone. My name is Francis Domingos. I use they them pronouns for the record. Okay. Uh, I play Esther in Dryland, and I composed a spoken piece for my body, and I also helped collaborate on one of the performance pieces for my body. Awesome. That's outstanding. So tell me a little bit about what first attracted you to this particular production, the just the, the whole piece. So for this production, it was really out of it was really out of the ordinary for what I've been working on over the past couple of years. I only recently got into acting probably in the last four years. Mm-hmm. And in the last couple of years I've only really done um dramatic sort of pieces and it's like Shakespeare. I was in MJC's production of The Tempest in sci-fi. Cool. I was in Romeo and Juliet this last summer Mm -hmm. and I've just been mainly doing a lot of more like out of the ordinary fantasy kind of pieces. Nothing real slice of life. Right. So what attracted me to this project was that it was an honest story about things that actually happen to people and also a story that people don't want to talk about. Like, it's right. something that gets brushed under the rug pretty regularly that, like, these things happen, that abortions do happen, and mm-hmm. people just get through them. Right. So that is definitely what attracted me to Dryland. My body was definitely a big thing for me. Yeah. Because, like Tracy was saying previously, body positivity is a conversation we are having nowadays, but it tends to get twisted. It tends to be not what everyone who originally started the movement to be. So I think having another honest conversation about things that affect everyone's everyday life is a conversation that is worth having. And I was really happy to be part of it. That's amazing. So speaking about my body specifically, right. And your contribution to that, what, how did it evolve over time for you, right? So when I talked to Tracy, we talked a little bit about how at first it was just a lot of kind of venting and then it evolved into something over time. What was your arc with with that particular piece? I think for myself, it was, it just started with us sitting at the table discussing topics. And if anyone knows our group of people, we love to talk (laughs) about everything. Awesome. So we just talked a lot about like just our everyday lives at first and then it dove into like specific issues that some people felt like they were in alone and then it was like, no, that's happening to me too. No, I, I've experienced that as well. So I think from that kind of connection of realizing that we're not all alone, 
I kind of started to journey into how we view our bodies as if we're alone, but in all reality, like we're in this together. Mm-hmm. We all are experiencing very similar things, but we all need to like remember specifically from my piece that I wrote just for myself was kind of remembering that we're all here for a reason. This is where we live. This is our home. Our bodies are our homes, mm-hmm. not something that the world needs to criticize or pick apart. This is just us. Amazing. I loved I love to hear you talk about that theme because I think the idea of we're not alone in our human experience is that's why we do theater. And so to, yeah, to hear you put something like that together is, is so amazing and, and so exciting to me. Um, I'm really, really excited about that piece. I think it's going to be, going to be amazing. And if you're listening to this, by all means, get out and see it. Uh, it's going to be great. Talking about, uh, about, uh, Dryland now mm-hmm. a little bit. Can you talk to me a little bit about your character in that show and, uh, yeah, just your engagement with that as well? All right. So my character, Esther, is new to the swim team relatively. She's from a different school and she's kind of like feeling out the terrain, trying to find a friend and just fit in essentially. Mm-hmm. And that's where she kind of stumbles on Amy and they have an interesting relationship. <laughs> <laughs> to say the very least, because Amy's looking for somebody to help her with this pregnancy, to right. help terminate this pregnancy without anyone else finding out. Right. And Esther's honestly just kind of along for the ride at first, <laughs> but their relationship develops into a kind of like supportive sort of relationship. Mm-hmm. And I think that really is shown when Esther is helping Amy through this termination like mm-hmm. it, it gets real intense real quick oh, wow and it, it's it's that's it's these scenes later in the production i think when people really see that like tracy was saying that friendships love is born from struggle mm. and it makes that love and that relationship all the more deep when you have been through something like that with people Incredible. As an actor, what were some of the things, how, how did, how did you approach this per- particular role? I know that when I talked to Tracy, we talked a lot about the connection between the two of you and, and how that was built. What were some things that were really meaningful to you throughout that process? I think with this process in particular, I kind of drew from my own experiences. I was an athlete in high school. Oh. Not swim, not swim for the record. <laughs> um, but I kind of drew from my own experiences of trying to like find a place in, in a team, trying to find people that kind of understand you. So that's what I kind of drew from as Esther, mm-hmm. just because Esther's always like, Oh, uh, I want to make sure that like everyone like likes me and like er- everything's okay. Cause I'm like that most of the time. I'm like, oh, I can't, I worry about everything all the time. So I kind of drew from that part of myself. And I also kind of drew from my own relationships that have sprung from struggle. Like I have some very dear friends that have shown up for me in, in times that I really needed them. And that's kind of made our friendships all the more important to me. Yeah. So that's what I have drawn from for this production, and it honestly has meant a lot. Sounds amazing. It sounds incredible. Just uh, as we kind of wind things down here, the last thing I would ask you is, what is something, if, if 
people are going to come and see the show and they're going to walk away with just kind of one thing, one idea. What's something that you would really like people to walk away from, from this particular performance with? I think essentially this production can be summed up in life happens, but that doesn't define us. Hmm. Because in Dryland, it's like these, this need to terminate this, uh, this pregnancy mm-hmm. is something that happens and it happens in so many people's lives and affects so many people in different ways. Mm-hmm. But that by the end of the production, people just continue living their lives because it's something you go through. It's something you get through and then you keep living with my body. We have these experiences that shake us and that the world wants to tell us defines us as people when in reality they don't we have the control to say no enough is enough i am me that is enough awesome awesome well thank you so much for joining me here this morning it has been so cool to talk to you and to hear about what's going on i love i just love when people are excited about the work that they're in and i can tell that you're excited about the work you're in so Thank yeah. you for spending a few minutes with uh, me. I like I like I told Tracy, I'm going to bring you back in just a little bit to let the three of you chat about the the project. But for the time being, we're going to take another brief break, and then I'll be back with my third guest for today. So please enjoy this. All right, so the second of our plugs today is going to be Prospect Theater Project, and this weekend they are presenting Hecuba, their third installment in this season's play reading project. It's a one-day-only performance this Sunday, March 17th at 2 p.m. In a world where human instinct has been ravaged by violence, is everything as it seems in the hearts of the winners and those they have defeated? The Play Reading Project is fondly referred to as our book club for theater lovers due to the captivating discussion session that follows each play. We invite you to subscribe to PTP's Play Reading Project, which focuses on reading, hearing, and discussing unique theater works. We meet on Sunday afternoon at 2 p.m. throughout the season, and your ticket includes hors d'oeuvres and a seminar-style discussion with the project directors and actors. Again, that's Hecuba at the Prospect Theater Project, March 17th at 2 p.m. Tickets online at prospecttheaterproject.org. Well, welcome back, and I am here with my third and final guest for the day. Third and final guest, please introduce yourself for the fans. I am uh, Juniper Sprague, and (laughs) I'll be portraying Amy in Dryland. Awesome, awesome, uh, Juniper. It is very good to have you on today. I am, I am. I keep using the word excited, but I am just excited. I am yes. really energized around talking about what you guys are working on here because it is so different and so unique and so important and so timely. So, talk to me a little bit about uh, what your engagement has been with this whole project and kind of, you know, how you got into it and where you have taken it. Okay. This um, process has been amazing, honestly. Um, I'm working with some great people. I'm, I honestly feel like I'm growing as an actor. And um, specifically with the My Body group, as a writer, I've been like uh, very um, 
what's the word uh, inspired mm -hmm. and like i hadn't been inspired in like since like april of last year <laughs> so it's like been like really like eye-opening so um that's been amazing and being able to talk with people about like certain subjects without like judgment or anything is awesome yeah, that's, that's always, you know, that's one of the other things that I love about the theater is that you do get into those non-judgmental spaces yeah. and you have a chance to breathe a little bit. So, I mean, that has to have been liberating, right? If oh, you've yeah. Had, if you've been able oh, to live yeah. in that space for a while. <laughs> What's, how did it change over time? I, I imagine it probably took some time to kind of work into that place oh, and yeah. find your way there. Yeah, eventually, like after we, st we um, started like talking about like, everything yeah, yeah. um we all like brought something like whether it was an idea whether it was like a written piece whether it was just like a rough draft we all brought something shared gave like um criticism adv advice <laughs> quote unquote right. um and and support and we just grew from there yeah. um <laughs> pretty much no that's that's <laughs> that's exactly it right i mean that's 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 the way that these things work talk to me a little bit about was there anything that kind of surprised you as you were going through the process and now speaking specifically about how as you were developing this piece together some of the th was there anything that kind of surprised you because it was such a commonality between everybody who was participating or was or was it just uh you kind of expected that you would all have similar experiences and you just kind of got there or or was there something where you said oh wow um we have these things in common and it's never occurred to me before yeah um well <laughs> honestly it was eye-opening to really feel like i wasn't alone yeah because it, like, I realized that this group of people, like, we all had different stories, but they were similar. Yeah. And we went through, like, different stuff, but it was, like, kind of like this, I don't know. It was, like, I felt not alone for once. Wow. And that was just, you know. I love it. I mean, that's a theme that keeps coming back, right, yeah. is we're not alone, right? Nobody is alone. There is... Uh, there is a condition that exists with, you know, with all of us and the ties that we find between those things are what make theater so special yeah. because that's our job to portray those things. So it's cool that you, you actually got to experience that, yes. right? As so much, so often we portray it, but you got to experience it in, mm -hmm. in real time. Let's see. Let's, so let's shift gears over now. Let's shift gears over to dry land. Uh, can you tell us, uh, can you tell us a little bit about your character in that? Show. Yes, my character is the one who does have the pregnancy, mm -hmm. and um, she's also a writer, so I kind of um, connected to that, because yeah. she uh, has a best friend, mm -hmm. Reba, who is the other character, mm -hmm. um, but she puts on this, like, fake, like, filter, mm -hmm. like, totally not herself, but right. when she meets Esther, like, she, like, lets herself, like, be safe with this person. Yeah. And you really see her when she's with Esther. Mm -hmm. Um, yeah, she's kind of blunt, but, you know, kind of, <laughs> I don't know. 
That's great. So how much fun was it to play a character like that? <laughs> just oh. kind of, who just kind of says things the way they are. Oh, yeah. It was really fun. <laughs> yeah. There were moments where it was, like, hard because, like, there are some, like, emotional parts. And, like, that's that's still, like, struggling. Yeah. But then there's these other parts where it's, like, fun and, like, I got to bring, like, attitude-ish. Yeah, yeah, You know? Yeah. <laughs> so what – Working in a show where you only have one other, you really only have one other person, right? So it's just the two of you. Has that been challenging or was that, was it, was it important to honing the relationship that happens on stage, do you think? Um, I think it was very important, um, in relationship wise. Mm -hmm. And honestly, it was easier. Oh, good. (laughs) uh, Being just like two people in the scene, like easier memory, memorizing lines. (laughs) That's true. You know? (laughs) Um, yeah. That's great. So kind of similarly, if if there was a theme or if there was an idea or just an overarching thing that you think is really important, it's a really important thing that needs to shine through this this performance. What what would you say that is? How would you how would you word that? I would say that ugly is still beautiful. Oh. Wow. Well, Good grief! I don't. Uh, I don't. I, was, I, I don't think I could say anything more profound than that. That's amazing. And if people are able to walk out of this with that, then um, then that is a great work. Yes, that is an outstanding work. Well, thank you so much for thank joining you. me here today. I really appreciate it. I'm going to. Uh, I'm. We're going to take one last break, and then I'm going to sit the three of you down and have you chat just a little bit about uh, about. I don't know, whatever you want to chat about. I mean, for heaven's sake, you're the ones who know everything. So anything interesting is going to come out of the three of you guys. Uh, So we will take that break. We will be right back after this. Thanks for staying with us. All right, I'm back for one last plug here this week. This one is Prometheus Bound. That's playing at the Stanislaus State School of the Arts. This one plays March 14th, 15th, and 16th as well as the 17th. Uh, these are the remaining performances. Sorry, that's the 14th through the 17th. Uh, 14th through the 16th is 8 p.m. to 9 p.m. The 17th is a 2 o'clock matinee, 2 to 4 p.m. And you can find tickets online at csustan.edu. Uh, This is the classic Greek tragedy comes alive on stage. Zeus has Prometheus chained to a mountainside as punishment for giving humanity fire. But that's just the beginning. This is a wonderful production with an incredible cast and one you shouldn't miss. That's Prometheus Bound at the Stan State School of the Arts, playing this weekend, March 14th through 17th. It's opening night. Oh, Oh, man. <laughs> it's been a long road here. I, I, honestly, there were times during this process where it's like, man, are we ever gonna open? Yeah, oh, yeah. Man, it's so far away, and now it's here, and it's like, oh no. Yeah, yeah, it's, for sure. We, I mean, the rehearsal process really wasn't that long, though. It just, no, it you was, know, when it's no, a play where, go ahead. No, you, you go ahead. Where it's like two people scenes, it just kind of feels like you're spending so much more time mm-hmm. because it's just mm-hmm. you and one other person. And then, of course, you know, the director and the stage manager. <laughs> <laughs> I think it felt kind of long, at least for me. Like, this is one of the shorter productions that I've done, at least like with rehearsal times. I think it felt long because like we were coming in and doing like serious, like emotional work every 
day. Yeah. So it, it was really good though, cause leaving every night was like, like Tracy and I had discussed, like you and I had discussed that, um, <laughs> it, it was still good work though. Leaving every night, it was like, we accomplished something. We are here. We're doing good stuff. Yeah. That was really cool. Cause I'm mm-hmm. used to having some crap ass rehearsals. Oops. Was I not supposed to say that? <laughs> <laughs> how did the, how does the audience feel about crap? <laughs> you know, but I, I always felt no matter what we, cause we didn't always hit like the goals. True, very true. But I always felt that our rehearsals were super valuable yeah. and the work we oh, yeah. did was so worth the time Completely. that I was, I was happier as a director spending the time that we did having really solid, dense mm-hmm. work oh, yeah. um, rather than like pushing forward and um, making the distance. Mm-hmm. But yeah, I guess that did make for it to feel a little longer. In a good way. In a good way. Yeah. I, it was all the time was definitely worth it. Like I think Oh yeah. I think really helped bring the honesty out of me at the very least. Like it it really pulled that out of me. Not just giving lines, but feeling it. Well, we spent so much time in the text. Yeah. Mm-hmm. So much time just looking at the words and um exploring the words and how much more can like these how much more can we mean mm-hmm. with this like one sentence with this one word with the punctuation the way it is mm-hmm. and i think that really helped that once you did start to um live in the world you guys just ran yeah how are you feeling about this juniper great <laughs> i mean a woman of few words that's very true <laughs> So, like, now we're opening this play. It's like, this is a scary play, right? This yeah. is honestly, oh, yeah. Yeah, I, like, I'm, I'm pretty, like, I don't, I think this tops the fear level. I mean, just as far as, <laughs> it's really dangerous. This is a dangerous show that you guys are, like, basically fully exposing yourself mm-hmm. selves in. Oh, yeah. um, and so we're going to get, like, our first, like, audience reactions. Mm-hmm. And not everyone's a theater person. Very true, very true. So, like, I'm just curious, like, how you're feeling about that. (laughs) Well, I guess I'll go first again. Uh, (laughs) Always. Always. Um, I think, I think, like you were saying, there's that extra layer of fear because this is an intimate play. You are pulling back the curtain on, like, things people don't want to talk about, things people don't want to think about, or even things that, like, people don't even consider is a, is a thing, like, with our modern day, with people talking about like pro-choice, pro-life and everything, people don't want to consider beyond their own agendas in a lot of ways. So when it comes to like this kind of production, people are like, oh, that's a thing that happens when laws are put in place. And it's like, yeah, people still, people still find solutions, find solutions, air quotes, because it can get, it can get very dangerous, but. It's a conversation that needs to be had, and same with the discussion about bodies, that people don't realize this is an important topic. Maybe it doesn't affect them directly. Maybe they don't know anybody that it affects directly. So pulling back the curtain is kind of scary, but it's an important conversation to have. Definitely. I think like it's one of those things that doesn't get... It barely gets touched on in the show, but like, why can't uh, Amy talk about this with her mom? Mm-hmm. You know, and how oh, does yeah. how is our political climate in such a way that um, young women aren't talking to their moms? Yeah, completely. Oh, 
how did you guys like dealing with this text? Because it's a fairly new text. It's written how people talk, uh, it's, which is starting to become more popular, uh, especially with young female writers, mm. uh, with the fragmented sentences, the likes, uh, things of that <laughs> nature. I mean, you see it with, like we saw it with the wolves, you see it with Annie mm-hmm. Baker, with the flick, which is going on in Prospect right now. How was working with the text that is more like how people talk? I mean, because both of you are coming off of Shakespeare. (laughs) (laughs) This is very true, very true. Honestly, it wasn't too difficult, um, except for the scene with the abortion where, like, um, I'm kind of, like, just all over the place uh, text-wise, like, like, as if, like, I don't know what I'm saying. That's when it was really difficult. Otherwise, it was, like, uh, I mean, I wouldn't say it was easier than Shakespeare, but um, <laughs> easier than Shakespeare. <laughs> but um, it wasn't too like hard, hard being how like because I kind of talk like them. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. And I find it harder to memorize when the way that like people talk. So I'm I'm glad. Oh you, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because I have to spend so much more time understanding like how my character's thinking, what path they're taking. Mm-hmm. So I understand why I'm stopping one thought and going on to the next. Mm-hmm. I was just curious how it was for for the two of you. I found it kind of difficult, like you were saying, where it was like you have to understand the train of thought in order to like go along with it to like for it to seem more organic. I think finding the place, finding the right place with all the likes and the yeahs, because for anyone that ends up seeing the production, I say yeah and <laughs> like a lot. And so it was, that, it was honestly a lot yeah. of repetition and like really getting into mm-hmm. character for me to like get these specific <laughs> lines. But I think the most difficult scene is probably the abortion scene because it wasn't real until we were sitting there and like, and the character. Once the blood comes out. <laughs> Once in, the yeah. blood comes out. But when Amy's sitting there rocking, like covered in blood and like fanatic and stuff, and I have to be there and be like, okay, where are we? All right. We're here. Focus, focus, focus. Like that was very difficult for me. But once we got going and then based on all the work that we had done before, it really came together, I think. You know, that's interesting what you were saying. Where are we? Okay, focus, focus, focus. I feel that's exactly what's happening with Esther in mm-hmm. that scene. So <laughs> it, it works, works out. Perfectly. Awesome. Yeah. <laughs> so um, when, when Andrew was talking to me and asked me about how uh, we really, how I focused on the love, and, I, and then I looked at you guys because I was like, <laughs> how did we focus on the love? So now, now we're all sitting here together. So. <laughs> So I, now we could like actually talk about how how we felt we um, we did that. Um, so I'm just curious, like what where you guys feel that that really started to be the focus? I mean, I know I talked about it, but it's mm-hmm. one thing me as a director saying this is what I'm hoping to show, right? Right. You know um, that this is the important thing to me. This is like the thing that I want um, carried through the whole thing uh, is different than us actually sitting and trying to make sure that we share that. And how do you think that we did that? So I think that, <laughs> so Juniper and I had done like the production before, like with R and J Romeo right, and Juliet. Right, right. So I think we already had like a kind of relationship. And during that show, 
just as our cast as a whole, we kind of like got to know each other and like had this group of people that kind of like trusted each other. And we have a lot of people back for, from that show in this show. So it kind of like worked out given like the material. This being an intimate show. Well, and you guys also played Romeo and Tybalt and had to sort of find that. <laughs> that in itself creates trust. Oh, yeah. <laughs> completely. So I think coming from that project into this one, which is, which seems like totally different projects, but like the intimacy between actors from there to here, I think is, is very so close. Yeah. It's a yeah. bit ballpark about the same thing. But there's a step up here, honestly, when we're laying on the ground and there's blood everywhere. Um, <laughs> but I think having that basis and then like doing the exercises of looking into each other's eyes, really working on the text and focusing on that this is not an abortion play. An abortion just happens and it's more focused about the friendship and like culminating like the relationship we had as actors and then the focus that we put into making sure this isn't an abortion play really brought together, I think, the intimacy that we have on stage. You're going you're gonna, to um, chime in. I, I agree. Um, I, don't, <laughs> I don't know how much more I can expand on that because I, I really do believe that that eye contact really, like, helped with mm. that, like, majorly. There's something about looking into people's eyes. It's, yeah. really, it's oh, yeah. really cool. <laughs> <laughs> so Juniper, you read this play with me a few oh, years yeah. ago when um, it was recommended to me, and you were just like eating it and eating mm-hmm. it and eating it. Uh, do, do you want to talk about like your because you were like one of the few people that had actually read the play prior yeah. to me um, yeah. announcing auditions? Yeah, I uh, fell in love with the play right away. Like, seriously, uh, I probably read it about, like, 15 times before the actual audition. Um, and Amy just, like, became, like, just a dream role. I For some reason, I, like, kind of, like, connected to her in some way. Like, but, um, yeah. She's a writer. I mean, yeah. <laughs> it adds up. Yeah, I think it's a really important... Thing that we're putting on because just you know like 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 <laughs> I don't know uh, I'm just laughing because you went like 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 oh yeah see I, I talk like Amy <laughs> um, but yeah how do you feel about the intimacy of the space with this play because we have a really intimate space right it is You're, very yeah intimate. like if we look over to um, we, we have the the house set up in this nice L um, but there's people that have a good, like, 15, 20 feet away from you, and then there's people that are literally five feet away from you. Um, how are you feeling about that? Because you haven't had people in those seats other than, you know, friendly little me. True, true. <laughs> so when it comes to the intimacy of this space, I think it's it's intimidating as an actor because you can't just pretend the audience isn't there. Like, especially with these like kind of like more intimate scenes, you can't just like block them out. Cause like you have how many faces, like at least 30 you faces. Can see them. You can see them here. Exactly. Yeah. At least 30 faces looking right back at you. You can even like see their eyes like during the, <laughs> no. Yeah. Or they're like itching on their hand. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> or, and you can tell when somebody's on their phone, you're like, Hey, you seat number 20 i see you but so i think it's i think it's intimidating as an actor but also i think 
it makes it all the more meaningful. At, at least from actor to audience, because it's like, I can see the audience like reacting to what's going on. They can't really like just zone out either. Like you can in like a proscenium or like these bigger theaters because we're right here. We're, yeah. we're, we're literally five to like 10 feet away. Like you can't ignore us, especially in this little box theater. So it kind of forces the audience to, to check in. And be a part of that dialogue. Exactly. Yeah. And then it forces us as actors to live here in Honestly. this moment. Mm-hmm. Yes. Yeah. It, it also created some challenges for us with uh, staging some of the theater magic, <laughs> uh, <laughs> um, which I, I thought like went a lot smoother than um, I had predicted, which was really oh, yeah. cool. Yeah, yeah, actually. And, but I'm sure we're going to be. I'm going to be constantly, you know, the magic of blood, you know, there's only so much predictability that there is. And then after that, it's, you know, liquid stuff, do liquid stuff things. (laughs) And so, uh, you know, it's, I think it's always going to be an interesting, um, challenge for you guys night after night for sure. Always something different. Always something different. (laughs) So, you know, we have two um, male characters in Dryland, mm-hmm. uh, which is uh, pretty cool. What do you think about these characters? Because I was, like, driving here this morning, and I was just like, you know, the I really love our male characters in Dryland. I would say that they remind me a lot of, um, like, they remind me of the books that don't pass, like, the reverse Bechdel test. The Bechdel test being that there are at least two female characters with names who talk about anything other than men for five minutes minimum. So I thought it was kind of interesting coming into this production because you never, you you never see a lot of like productions based around women that can pass the Bechdel test, let alone a reverse Bechdel test existing. Like, and I think the male characters do play an important part in this show because I think with Esther and Victor seeing Victor being just another college student going through some stuff. <laughs> um, I, I think that scene at first when I was reading it, like we had discussed previously, like during table work, me kind of wondering what the scene was about because during the whole production, it's, it's mostly just Esther and Amy talking. There's some other girls that come in and have those interactions. But then in the middle of the show, there's, Esther's talking to this dude, Victor, about how his roommates are being really rude. And it's just like, where did this come from? Why is this in here? But then, like, during the, during their scene, you kind of see that Esther is confronted with having to come to terms with what her feelings are really for Amy, not just like, just like a casual friend, but acknowledging that there is some serious intimacy between them. Not something that can just kind of be like swept aside. And I think the inclusion of our lovely little janitor, <laughs> not, not only to give us some time to like de-blood from our abortion scene, <laughs> but also to kind of like be a check of reality. Like mm-hmm. the fact that these things happen, that abortions happen, whether people like it or not, and that somebody has to show up in the aftermath. But also that, like, it's kind of commonplace. Like, the janitor cleans up the blood like it's just another day on the job. And 
that's both kind of a reality check of like, yeah, it happens, shrug, but also kind of horrifying that it has to happen that way, that like that's just part of some people's daily lives. Like it shouldn't be. You shouldn't have to be worried about blood on a locker room floor sure, like that. Sure, sure. So, yeah, I think yeah. that's their importance of this production. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they, they definitely support the women in the show. Definitely. And, um, like, I actually love the janitor. He's, like, one of my favorite <laughs> characters because um, he offers one of the biggest gifts to these girls of giving them the space they need to do what they um, are stuck doing in that moment. Right. And uh, he could choose not to. But he chooses yeah. to to let them have the space they need. And that um, act of generosity is so gorgeous to me mm. that it's like he's one of my favorite characters. <laughs> <laughs> and Gary would probably laugh at me over it. But <laughs> <laughs> There's some humanity there that definitely gets touched on, for yeah. sure. Yeah, for sure. All right. Any last thing you guys want to say? I'm excited to see what people think. Yeah, definitely. I'm really excited for everyone in my body to to share parts of themselves that uh, they don't talk about. True. And uh, I think we have a lot of bravery going on in that. Oh, like, yeah. Oh, definitely. Like, all of you are so much braver than I am. It blows my mind. Um, I think uh, you guys are really onto something really special. So I, can, I, I can't wait for you guys to get in front of an audience and see what that's like. <laughs> it's going to be a good night. All right, so uh, I, I hope you'll come down and check out our little lower-level studio, our uh, <laughs> basement theater down here uh, in an old courtroom that we've turned into a theater. We are doing a devised theater piece, My Body, A Love Story, and Dryland by Ruby Ray Spiegel, and they will be performing March, what's today, 7th? Today's <laughs> the 8th. 8th. Today's the 8th. March 8th yes. through March 17th. We have shows Fridays and Saturdays at 8 p.m. and Sundays at 6 p.m. We open the doors 30 minutes before if you want to buy tickets with cash. If you prefer buying tickets uh, with a credit card, please visit our website at centerstagemodesto.com and you can pre-order tickets there. Uh, Also, we are located at inside the city center, the lower level. There's like a Modesto B sign outside and it's at the corner of J and 11th in downtown Modesto. Our actual address is 948 11th Street and we let people in on J Street. So uh, we hope to see you here. Come on down. Can't wait. Well, I think that does it for this week, but thank you so much for joining us for this episode of Phoenix Talk Radio. Phoenix Talk Radio is a production of the Phoenix Podcast Network. The Phoenix Podcast Network can be found online, Facebook, Twitter. You can email us at phoenixpodcastnetwork at gmail.com. And as you know, the Phoenix Podcast Network is an affiliate of the Phoenix Creative Collective. Uh, you can find the Phoenix Creative Collective online, again, Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, wherever you want to go on the social medias. We also have our very own website, phoenixtherise.com, and you can email us at info at phoenixtherise.com. Thanks so much for joining us this week. We look forward to seeing you in our next artistic endeavor. Now, before I talk to you again, get out there and make or at least experience some art.